0: Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the Backstage
1: Show! Thank you for joining us tonight. Chestnut roasting on the Backstage Show. Glenn and Jim dishing out the slams. That's right. Christmas episode it is ready to go and it won't cost you any clowns
0: everybody knows a turkey is a no-good show and we will bring one into light this is opinion, as you know, so don't let it trigger, fight or
1: hope to grow, although it's been said many times it's still old. Welcome to the Backstage Show Christmas Special. Yay! That's right, our second Christmas special. Second annual. And if we manage to make it another year, maybe we'll even do a third annual. I think that's what we said last year. <laughs> I think it is. I was just listening over that. Well, episode it's, it's again. part of the tradition. <laughs> yes. If we get it to <laughs> another Christmas if special. If we stick around that long, we'll do it again. <laughs> but uh, yes, our, our Christmas chestnut roasting once again. And Shall continue we'll get to that. We, uh, If you want to learn a lot more about chestnuts, you can go back to the first time we did this, which is back in episode 36, where that's we right. discussed why we do chestnuts.
0: Yeah, and they're still around. Just to kind of summarize, mm. you know, they're very popular shows, big audience crowd pleasers, have a lot of name recognition, which translates, of course, to box office. Money, money, money. Yep. <laughs> and that's pretty important to these struggling community theaters.
1: Yeah. So it, it seems to me that like a lot of theaters in the region a lot of the community theaters will do holiday shows which kind of you know was why we put it in this slot to begin with yes the whole chestnut roasting but it also kind of made me start to think like would you consider every classical holiday show a chestnut
0: um a lot of them i mean the ones that have a lot of good name recognition certainly would fall into that category and i think given the time of the year the holidays it seems like it's more conducive-appropriate, kind of like you were saying. But yeah. Christmas shows themselves lend themselves to sort of, in a way, becoming chestnuts of
1: their own. Well, we talked about, like, having that nostalgic feeling as part yeah. of being a chestnut. The sentimentality
0: sentimentality, the familiarity of it just really plays well for just giving you this nice, warm, toasty feeling inside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a big mug of hot
1: cocoa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and a nice, warm fire.
1: Yeah. I mean, but like you said, they do come out with new Christmas shows from time to time and original shows and things like that. That's true, but in some cases there's been a bit of a trend as of late
0: where the show itself as a stage show is not necessarily... doesn't necessarily have its own history to become a chestnut of its own merit, per se, Mm -hmm. but... In many cases, these are adaptations of, say, films, popular holiday movies, Christmas movies. There are
1: a ton of shows that are just adapted
0: movies. Right. And those movies are kind of chestnuts in their own way. Mm -hmm. So that really directly translates into almost an instant chestnut.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's some that are super new, like like Next year, Salt is doing Elf. That's right. You know, I had written down on there. And Elf is like, you know, how old is that movie? 2003, I think it was. Okay, so it's like 15 years old, which is still fairly new. And I don't know that I would consider that in and of itself, a chestnut. So would you consider the musical version of it now a Well, you chestnut, play it played a lot right? on TV,
0: it seems like. I've yeah. seen it in flipping yeah. channels.
1: But I mean, it's not like It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34th Street. It's newer. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's more established. Like A Christmas Story, which has also has a stage adaptation right. and is a somewhat newer movie. I don't know. When well, did that, that come out? It's almost 40 years
0: old. Yeah. Or right. getting
1: at least, was it 1983, I think that was? Mm-hmm. But it's so. still like late 20th century. Yeah. And I wouldn't consider that in the same realm as the older ones. Like, I mean, it wasn't you know before the talkies or anything. Well, no, exactly. So it's you know anything eighties and newer, I still consider fairly new. I mean, maybe it's okay. just because I'm just 80s because and newer. it was in your lifetime. <laughs> just because it was in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, what about the year "Without I mean, a Santa Claus"? But that, yeah,
0: that was within your lifetime.
1: The, yeah, I suppose it was a lot. <laughs> a lot of the Rankin and Bass. Things, yeah, yeah. And there are—didn't we go through this last time that there actually—we discovered there are some stage adaptations of the Rankin and Bass, too? I don't remember, remember us talking
0: about that, but mm. you can listen back to that episode to see if we actually did or not. Yeah. It's not ringing a bell to me.
1: No. Not not ringing any sleigh bells. No. <laughs> So, I like, I would consider an adaptation of, like, a Christmas story, I feel, is already in the chestnut territory, but I don't know that Elf is. and I don't know what the – there's no set criteria I, for what a chestnut
0: is. I think it's also a generational thing because probably, probably. younger kids have grown up more with those movies, mm-hmm. and having seen them over and over again every Christmas. And True. maybe to them, at least, they are chestnuts. Yeah. Because we talked about – in our last episode discussing chestnuts, we talked about shows like Proof that are newer – that could go into Chestnut territory. Right, that just get done a
1: lot and are very familiar.
0: So I really think A Christmas Story or Elf or newer Mm -hmm. movies like that would easily go into that role or will become Chestnut If they're not already. Yeah.
1: And I think we kind of looked at to see what's going on for holiday shows at theaters in the area. We got like a little list there, and that was Elf, as we said, and they're doing Matilda this year at Salt. Which,
0: yeah, that's a Roald doll story, but um, Mm -hmm. not really... I don't
1: think it's directly holiday-related. No, but. but I mean, it's more so than Barley Sheaf is doing Godspell for their yeah, holiday show. Which yeah, I think, um, yeah. It's already closed by the time this, this comes out. Yeah, I think a lot of these Probably most, if, most <laughs> if not all. By this point. Yeah. Oh, and you've got, see, now I'm just looking at this list that you've got in there, and apparently Methactin is doing a Christmas story in July. So they're doing yes, the Christmas they in doing July. Yes, they're doing a
0: Christmas in July show next yeah. year. That's correct.
1: But I think when I was looking at that, it's like, is it... The holiday shows, that not necessarily the holiday shows, but a show that is done as a holiday show, because Barley Sheep's doing Godspell, and Godspell, I think at this point, is a chestnut. Or is it? It's, Can you have well, a chestnut rock musical? I suppose you could. Yeah. I, why not? Rocky uh, Horror, is that a chestnut? That's not a chestnut. Well,
0: it's sort of a bizarre chestnut, <laughs> yeah. I guess, but I suppose <laughs> to a particular group that are diehard fans of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's sort of a cult chestnut. That's just cult so chestnut. We're going to start a subcategory? cult chestnut. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like the chestnuts come out at the holidays more often, no pun intended. Well,
0: yeah, and I think the Christmas movies, it, It's a Wonderful Life, for example, That that's certainly a chestnut, but it's also mm-hmm. a Christmas-themed chestnut, even though, really thinking back, the story, the whole story of the, in the, the show is not necessarily all focused on Christmas. No, it's it really kind of isn't. Like the, the, the climax, the latter part of it.
1: Yeah, it just happens to, it's kind of like people that consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's just yeah like, or oh, Gremlins. Okay. Yeah, they, they take place during Christmas, but they're right. not necessarily Christmas themed. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, a, Wonder- a Wonderful Life, which we definitely consider Christmas is not, it's just set during Christmas. Yeah. It doesn't right, have much to do it, with it's it.
0: Got, it's got the connection to it. Yeah, yeah. For whatever, yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, it
1: has the association mm-hmm. with it. And that's a holiday show chestnut that I've been in. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was in that a few years ago. I, I've done a couple of holiday shows, and a- any time I've stepped in there, they've definitely been chestnuts.
0: <laughs> well, uh, uh, Dutch Country Players just did It's a Wonderful Life as a radio play.
1: Yeah, there is there is a script version of it as a radio play that I've, that I've seen. Well, I think it's sort of in the public domain, mm. although I think Jimmy Stewart's estate
0: has some claim of partial ownership. Okay. My coworker was explaining this to me the other day, and it seemed kind of strange. Yeah. Because I mean for one thing Jimmy Stewart was an actor in the movie, so you know, yeah, he didn't write the show or I, I don't know.
1: I don't even know who wrote that.
0: I don't know who wrote most of these chestnuts. <laughs> That's they're so old. How old, How are, old they? are they? How old are they? That we don't remember who wrote them. Yeah. But they're still enduring in popularity.
1: They they are, and I think that probably is what defines a chestnut at least for us more than anything else is their popularity. It's something that gets done a lot and draws in the audience. Yeah, Miracle on 34th Street is another mm-hmm. one, of
0: course. A Christmas Carol, I mean, that's obviously from a book originally, but there's just been so many different adaptations. Oh, God, yeah. I, I,
1: there, are, there are tons and tons of adaptations on TV and movies, cartoons, on, stage, and on sure. stage. There's different versions of it. That is a very, very popular one.
0: Yeah, well, at this point, it's easily in the public domain, so anybody can... Is it, though? I would think it's got to be. Yeah, sort I guess the, the original century. Dickens story.
1: Yeah, the original Dickens story must be.
0: Yeah, so any adaptation of it, I would think, would be fair game at this point.
1: Well, not any of the adaptations, I'm sure, are not public domain. Uh, it's I, not like you can pull out, you know, look it up on Samuel French and pull any old adaptation and be like, like, I'm going to do this and not pay for it.
0: Well, you know what? This could be another topic maybe for future story. It could or be, or but I mean, episode. that's that's
1: the same sort of discussion we had with Dracula. You have still have to pay for the rights for, for the stage version adab- of it, yeah, but you, you could can adapt write your own. your own. Yes, yes, that's yeah. that's true.
0: Yeah. So, but I think there's just so many different adaptations available, or people could come up with their own spin on it that yes. it makes older shows like that a lot easier to. This is true. To do
1: this is true. So, should we reveal what we're what chestnut we're going to be roasting this year?
0: Well, before we do that, we yeah. also want to touch on the fact that there are a couple Christmas shows. Making their way in the rounds that really aren't chestnuts as of yet.
1: That is true, and but I guess that goes back to our question. Will they become chestnuts?
0: Well, it depends on <laughs> how widespread and popular they become. I guess so. Gypsy Stage, for instance, has started a tradition the last couple of years of doing original holiday, holiday shows, mm-hmm. focusing around Santa Claus and the reindeer and elves and whatnot. They sort of have had a continuing storyline with a mm-hmm. repeat of certain characters and actors playing them in their case. Cool. Last year they did Dancer the Footloose Reindeer involving (laughs) a mishap with the elves working and Dancer the Reindeer and Santa getting amnesia and thinking he was like some pimp daddy or
1: something. (laughs) Pimp daddy Santa. Yeah, and then
0: this year they're doing another original show called Chasing Santa, Mm -hmm. which of course carries over some of the elves and Santa and Mrs. Claus and all that, but Mm -hmm. also has a couple reporters and one is like a big Santa fanboy and it becomes... Hilarity ensues... Over his meeting of Santa.
1: But who isn't a big Santa fanboy? Oh, I'm sure there's probably got to be somebody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we have, I think it's a one-woman show that was making the rounds called Who's Holiday. (laughs) And it was sort of a riff based on the character of Cindy Lou Who from How How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But she was no more than two. Well, she's grown up now. Oh, okay. I believe in this rendition, <laughs> and that played at I think it was a one weekend only affair. It played at Stage Crafters and it played at the Allen's Lane Theater. Okay, like one weekend each. Mm-hmm. I believe it's closed now, but maybe it'll come around again next year, maybe and maybe so. it'll become a chestnut someday. There you go. But yeah, there's there are certainly some lesser known shows, Christmas theme, holiday theme shows that are not yet chestnuts. Yeah, I guess not. There aren't enough uh, community theaters that put on the Nutcracker, which is another christmas
1: chestnut well is that is there really like a stage version of that or is that just the ballet i know of the ballet
0: yeah i guess you're right i guess that's really mostly dance i was trying to think that there were actual speaking or songs but no there isn't it's just the dancing but they're really
1: riveting characters so with the other like original ones there's the Best Christmas Pageant ever. Yes. That gets I done a lot one. of places but that was originally done at Barley Sheaf. Is it, okay. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, so. I think we have. So And there the, was a
0: movie adaptation of that too, I recall. Yeah,
1: you've you've said that too. I'm am not familiar with
0: it, yeah. but yeah. Saw it on TV once. Mm. Probably around Christmas. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know if it maybe quite had the same stature of chestnut as some other things, but mm-hmm. it's it's in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Second or third tier. <laughs>
1: second or third tier. We've got chestnut tiers. It's still um, ripening on the tree. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're like, a, we're over-defining chestnuts now, and we're only in Stretch. the second episode. Stretch. <laughs> the second Christmas special. All right. Well, I think we've babbled on
0: long enough, so yeah. shall we get into this year's chestnut? Let's do it. Who should reveal it, or should we just both
1: say it at the same time? Uh, Ready? On three. Okay. One, on. two. Three. The, the Music man. man. So as we did last year, we actually wrote up the roast entirely rather than trying to come up with jokes on the fly, bad jokes <laughs> on the fly. We we tried and failed to come up with jokes that are written and now you get to <laughs> suffer through them. Sorry. Yeah, you know. So without further ado, The Music Man, roasting on an open fire.
0: This year's Chestnut is that Meredith Wilson gem, The Music Man, a show in which both of us have actually appeared at one time or another, so we're claiming full roasting privileges.
1: And if that's not enough of an excuse, it's the only musical I know of that inspired an entire episode of The Simpsons. Monorail! 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 Monorail. Monorail.
0: The show starts off in an admittedly pioneering fashion, with salesmen throwing it down on a train. I'm not quite sure who won, but it's got to be the worst rap battle I have ever heard.
1: Not surprising. I mean, I may not know the territory, but this is Iowa we're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's not East Coast, it's not West Coast, it's Midwest Coast. I'm still not sure if what do you talk is some
1: kind of slang or something, like their version of yo mama or what up, bitches. Anyway, by the time that uh, Professor Harold Hill arrives in River City, he gets a cold reception. Mm-hmm. This helps us, the audience, realize that it's not just places like New York City where visitors can receive rude treatment. Iowa Stubborn is basically their equivalent of Welcome to Iowa, go f*** yourself.
0: Hey, you watch your phraseology! What? That was one of my lines. I played Mayor Shin in my high school's production. I, I think you'd make a better
1: Mayor McCheese. Hey, who are we roasting here? Right. Sorry. So, uh, <sighs> Professor Hill goes about trying to convince these saps, their Patsy's... Iowans, that the pool hall is going to give them trouble with trouble. a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. Ooh. Hey, more rapping. You know, yeah. Maybe we're not giving the show enough credit for being the Hamilton of its time. Oh. Well, no, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway,
0: H to the H warns them about their young sons turning not to things like sexting or vaping, but to the dangers of hanging out, playing billiards, and listening to that devil music. Yes, that's right. Ragtime. Ooh. Look out. Hey, did you hear that
1: new Joplin record yet? Janice? No, Scott! Old, Old school. Some dark shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hill decides to follow Marion, the local librarian home, learning that she's also the only music teacher in town. Apparently employment in River City is so high that everyone gets two jobs. Yeah. Marion's piano lessons for a young girl turns into ill-advised love advice in Goodnight, My Someone. If you can't love someone specific, just love someone. Anyone. Anyone. Exactly. Of course, Marion's shy son Winthrop is her student's obvious love interest, but as he's only 10, the less said about that, the better. What is she, like 11? Mm -hmm. What a cougar.
0: (laughs) The next day, the town has a big 4th of July celebration. Apparently, other musicals already had the more popular holidays covered, or at least the less sweltering ones. Even the mayor suggests relaxing the decency laws by having people walk around in their drawers all day. But this is 1912, so that still means at least three layers of clothing.
1: Yeah, well, the festivities are interrupted by a ne'er-do-well hooligan teen perpetrating shenanigans. And there's nothing worse than hooligan shenanigans. I call shenanigans. Mm, unless that hooligan is a barbarian wearing a cardigan in Sheboygan. <laughs> this is
0: where Hill has his big moment. Sensing his opportunity to get into the town's good graces, he promises to rid the town of its sin and corruption by forming a band.
1: Ooh because nothing chases away the devil faster than a s*** of trombones. <laughs> Before forming a band, Hill goes back to Marion the Librarian, who the ladies of the town think is a victim of sin and corruption herself, which they essentially morph into singing chickens to relate. Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little. They say she advocates dirty books, including Chaucer, Rabelais, and Ball. Okay, we get it. I
0: mean, come on, the guy's name is Ballsack. Is it really necessary to give him bad publicity? I think
1: that's Balseric uh Balzac. Close enough. Before the festivities end, the school board tries vetting the so-called professor before he can start his music school, but he somehow avoids their scrutiny by turning them into a barbershop quartet. Mm. This happens multiple times throughout the show. Good night, ladies. Good night, ladies. Seriously, if the guys you have checking up Good on people night, have this much ADD, We're then you should really... You now. Wait, is, that, is that four-part harmony? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's really nice. Mm. Wait, what was I saying?
0: Forget it. Way ahead of you. The next day, Professor Hill goes full creeper on Marion, following her around, then harassing her at her workplace, the library, singing about how madly
1: in love with her he is while she continually tries to get away. In the movie, he even tries to hypnotize her by dangling his sack of marbles in front of her face. Shut up. Uh, Good thing this came out before MPAA ratings. Then uh, several unlooking kids get in on the act, dancing around the library. Yeah, if that many kids are hanging around a library of their own free will, you don't even have trouble with a lowercase t. Yeah, really. Much as you'd think that
0: Hill's sack dangling would win her over, (laughs) who wouldn't be won over by that, Yes, Marion is unimpressed and remains unimpressed until after the arrival of the Wells Fargo wagon. You know... I wonder if they got any kickback from the product placement.
1: Well, it seems like they should. I mean, there's an entire freaking song dedicated to them. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be handed anything that valuable again until the bank bailout 2008.
0: Hooah! Anyway, Wells Fargo showed up as the UPS of its time. Look it up, kids, to deliver a truckload of instruments for the erstwhile band. At least they weren't signing them up for fake accounts in the process, or
1: not yet, anyway. Mm, yeah. among those getting their shiny new instruments is Little Winthrop finally breaking out of his shell with excitement over his new cornet, because there's nothing more exciting than a shiny new cornet.
0: What exactly is a cornet, Glenn?
1: Well, it's like a a trumpet still waiting to grow up. I guess that's why you need 110 of them. I
0: see. So that is what prompts our first act kicker, where Marion starts to think, Hey, my little brother's happy. Maybe this hill guy ain't so bad. And then
1: intermission. Um, how long do we have to sit here like this? I think that's good. And so we begin with Act Two, which is quickly taken over by the long, nonsensical, unrelenting earworm, Shippoopy. It's a dance. It's a girl. It's a song so ridiculous that Seth MacFarlane had Peter Griffin sing it in its entirety in an episode of Family Guy.
0: (laughs) Also, also, it's something that some members of the audience may have just done during intermission. Really? You're going there? Well, it's a roast. I thought there were no rules of taste. (laughs) Shippoopy. Poopy.
1: (laughs) Anyway, for those keeping score at home now, between the Family Guy tribute and Marge vs. the Monorail, we're up to two Fox Animation references. Wait, wait. Hank is a nickname for Harold. Harold Hill? Hank Hill?
0: King of the Hill? I think you're pushing it. Uh. Besides, Fox, not a sponsor. And speaking of pushing it, the next scene has the school board trying to verify Professor Hank, er, Harold again, (laughs) which he again
1: avoids by getting them to sing more Barbershop. Gets him every time. Indeed. And Hill continues pushing his luck with Marion as well. He shares the details of the think method with her. The think method? Yeah, that's where you just think about the music, and that's how you learn to play it. Works for me. Yeah, well, you have perfect pitch. Hill's just pitch perfect with his scam, which at this point, Marion is falling for entirely. As well as falling for
0: Harold the Harasser himself. After Act 1, she probably should have been thinking Restraining Order, if such things existed at the time. But now she seems to have fallen for his spell, just like everyone else. After pining over him alone for a bit, her little brother Winthrop gets home.
1: Yeah, And that's when I get a little nervous. Huh? I played Winthrop in fifth grade, and it's time for his big number, Gary, Indiana, where he sings the praith of Harold's super hometown. <laughs> Please, you got that in my eye. Knock it off. What <laughs> a get, Daffy Duck. <laughs> Just what this show needed, cute kids with lifts, er, or, or, lisps. As I was saying, Gary, Indiana. Because what's more praiseworthy than a town destined for destitution after the collapse of the steel industry? Or becoming the home of the Jackson family. Hmm. At this point,
0: another salesman shows up to convince the town that Hill is a fraud, but Marion stalls him from delivering his evidence by kissing him. I guess she figured out that her someone is a slimy traveling salesman. Any slimy traveling salesman.
1: No, not really. She's still mesmerized by Harold. She's just trying to convince herself that he's an okay guy after all.
0: And here, at least, we get an interlude
1: with a catchy Beatles song, even if they slowed it down a lot. Huh? Until There Was You. It was on their second album. But that song came from this show originally. The Beatles covered it later. There have been like 20 cover versions. Really? Ye gods! <laughs> So, uh, after a bunch of reprises, because I guess they ran out of rhymes in their first act raps, the town ultimately turns on Harold after taking two acts to realize he's a fraud. They're not too swift. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the show, we learn that all can be forgiven once the kids' band actually starts trying to play for people. And Harold is saved because the parents of River City are just really, really tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah. And after hearing them play, the audience wishes they were, too. Clearly this Harry is no wizard.
0: And curtain. So that was our 2019 roast. Hopefully you didn't suffer through
1: it too much. Well, I mean, they're still here and listening to the ending, so. Maybe or are just, they? I don't know. <laughs> they might have fast forwarded hoping for some good outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please, God, let the, uh, let this episode be redeemed by the outtakes. Yeah, well, between the singing at the beginning and the, uh, the bad jokes in the roast, we apologize once again, but that's the best we can do as a gift for you. <laughs> and as a gift to us. You can visit us at backstage.link and click on contact the show and give us some feedback.
0: That's right. And this year, uh, if it's not too late for shipping, you can give your
1: loved ones gifts from the backstage show. So they too can go, what? What? Why (laughs) the hell is this? (laughs) And that's if you click on store on, again, backstage.link. You can also leave us a voicemail or text message if you call us at 267-225-8869. That's right. If you've enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the show, you can give us a Christmas gift and subscribe. Or leave a review.
0: But please let it be a nice review. Be nice to us on Christmas, please.
1: Yes. Thanks.
0: Keep your heart open. But share the love. Share
1: the (laughs) warmth of Christmas by telling your friends about us. That's how we get the word out. (laughs) So next week, uh, we're going to be continuing the holiday specials. Wrapping up the... Wrapping up 2019 with our look look back at the year, I guess. That's right.
0: (laughs) What we did, what we talked about. What we didn't do, what we might do in the future. What we didn't talk
1: about, what we will talk about. What we might talk about. What we just can't talk about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what we should never talk about. Yes. What should never be mentioned.
1: Right. And until
0: that episode, uh, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And thank you for joining us on this warm holiday chestnut roasting backstage. And to all, a good night. Good night. <laughs> do you want to redo that? I don't even know what that was. You <laughs> did Santa, so I didn't. Backstage, I wasn't sure where to go with
1: that. <laughs> ho ho! Hi, <laughs> hi, hi ho! And I'm Jim, and welcome to the backstage show. Just do that. So we just we we bookmark it with hose. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bookmark with hose. <laughs> bookmark with hose. That's uh,
0: yes. Literary hip hop album I'm working on. <laughs>
1: Okay, here we go. Ho, <laughs> 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 oh, ho, oh, hi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hi.
0: Hi. <laughs> Fair left. Fair left. Right, right frog. frog. <laughs> What's an elf sound like?
1: I want to be a dentist. Okay. Maybe I'll look that up while while, while we edit this part out. Okay. <laughs> That's where the segue comes in now. Yeah, that's the segue. Yeah, okay. All right, Q, Q, they are. <laughs> we are, you know, actually, not yet. Marion's piano lessons for a young girl. Tune it. Marion's play. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs>
0: We're on a roll. Yeah.
1: Uh, the festivities are interrupted by a ne'er do well hooligan. Tea. Damn
0: it. <laughs> Gave you this line back.
1: At least they weren't sa- sign. For those keeping score at home now, that between the, uh, yeah. two, God damn it, I can't speak. And, uh, that's all I got. <laughs> uh. Here's my annual question. I ask this every year. They talk, the book has a thing in there about, uh, the rare Who Roast Beast. So my question is, is it like difficult to find Roast Beast? Or is it just cooked to a rare temperature roast beast? Wow. We could do the whole episode on this instead.